Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, Old Time Crime Gal listeners. It's Melissa here with Shannon. We hope you're having a wonderful week. Yes. We are dropping in for another story. I know it's been a while. I don't know because I don't know if I'll post them in order. It's just how it is. Like yes. that is. <laughs> we talk about it and you hear about it yep. much later. That's right. <laughs> and we apologize. But yeah, life happens for sure. That's our new motto. Yes. Um, Shannon doesn't know the story this week, I don't think. I I doesn't seem like I ever know the story. Well, I don't even before I, they before the ones listening can go, she never knows the yeah, story. She never. She never does. Because um oh, what did I tell you? Medicine hat. So we do have some Canadian listeners. So this actually is something that happened in a town called Medicine Hat. And I was browsing for stories to find and I popped up that town and I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's yeah. kind of a cool name. What's in Medicine Hat? So Medicine Hat is a city in Canada. And they have like over 300 days, sunny days a year. So it's literally the sunniest place in Canada. That is when blackout curtains come in handy. (laughs) So it has like a low cost of living, good schools, like low crime. So it was like the perfect little place to raise a family. Hmm. So we're going to talk about the Richardson family. It's a perfect little place to raise a family, but we're going to have a... A crime. Just about what crime happens everywhere. Where have uh, you been? I don't know. Oh, I've been watching. And you're exactly and lately right. it's been rammed up here for oh, all, all kinds of reasons. All of America. Yes. But yes, okay. So medicine hat, nice place to raise a family. We're all gonna flock there. But is yeah. it cold? I don't know if I can handle sun. I I like to get a bed and have you know, darkness. Well, I mean, but it's still you, dark at is... night, but maybe the weather's just really great during the day. I don't, like, not because the only way you at dusk all the time is if you're in, like, near the Okay. Poles. Okay. Like Alaska. Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. So, it's just sunny. Like, Seattle's always rainy. This place is always sunny. Oh, so it's not just, sunny. like, 24 hours. No. Sunny. Oh, I misinterpreted. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking of the Alaska sun days. Yeah, and then okay. being dark. No, it's just like sunny. three o'clock in the morning, and it's still like. Daylight. But see, I like some cloudy days. I like some rainy days. Today, I like where snowy we live, days. Was a good rainy Freaking day to be sunny. home, but Today? I wasn't able to be home. Yes. This oh morning. well, it did rain on my commute this morning. I was on the highway trying to have a, trying to eat my breakfast, drink my coffee, Dangerous. and have a Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah. While driving in on in the rain. No, so I recommend, don't recommend any of those things. No. I did the same thing on the <laughs> interstate, and it was not. It, I had to get off and go to the back roads because I can't even see. It was pouring, and I wanted to go to bed. I don't know if there's a back roads way to my place. I mean, I'm sure there is, but it probably would make me late. So yes, in the middle of the Zoom meeting on the highway this morning so, in the rain. Medicine Hat, a nice place to live. Yes, and we're going to so, talk about the Richardson family. Yes, oh, Richardson. Wow. So. What happened takes place in 2006, but this particular family, so it's Deborah and Mark Richardson, they moved to Medicine Hat in 2003. I have a question. Yes. Do you know how Medicine Hat got its I name? I don't. Okay. If you're Canadian, you want to let us know, go Please. send us. Yes. Okay. I did not look into why. I just thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is a different we'll name. the story here. Medicine Hat. So 2003, they moved there. I do know, I think they said there was like 50,000 people that lived there at the time, so it was still relatively kind of small 
Um, so they moved there. And at the time, so the, Deborah and Mark, they got married in 1991 and they had two children. So this is the Richardson family. You had Jasmine and Jacob. So when they moved there, Jasmine was nine. Jacob was five. So Mark is a welder. Deborah, she's like really popular in the community. She's looking to start her own business after being a stay-at-home mom for several years. Cool. So the kids are older. She's taking business classes. Cool. She wants to do, you know, do her own thing. It did hopefully not say what make, type of business. Okay, hopefully she'll make money. Yeah. So some um, businesses don't. <laughs> but Jasmine, so at the time, Jasmine's now twelve in two thousand six, and she's going to a school um, by St. Mary's, which I'm assuming is a Catholic school from the name. And she seems to be well-adjusted. She's a happy preteen. She, you know, she's loving life. And her brother Jacob is eight. Life was to love because there was hardly any cell phones or internet. Yeah. And then they're in sunny medicine hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jacob's eight. And he wanted to be a police officer or a soldier. Those were his options. That he um, And he loved hockey. Again, Canada's a big sport. Well, it is yes. in some Raleigh here, yeah. Canes. But, um, so they would play hockey in his backyard. And neighbors, he had friends with the neighbors, and they had, like, really good neighborhood life in, like, the coldest, the sub, sub, suburb. But, so, on Sunday, there's always a but. Mm. Um, April 23rd, 2006, is a Sunday. So, the neighbor's son comes home from wherever they were going, and he's six. And he asks his mom, hey, can I go play with Jacob? Because the dad's car was in the driveway, so I guess they were home. So, mom's like, sure. So, the son runs over, and he, like, gonna knock on the door, and then he runs back home, and he's freaking out, and he's he's upset, and he's only six, and he tells his mom that no one came to the door, but he could see somebody laying on the floor Okay. in the basement window. I don't know how their houses are. I guess it could be, like, the way my uncle's is in Maryland, where the bottom floor is like you're living it, but you have an upper area, right. ground level kind of sort of. Or some basements <clears throat> might have a window that's up high, but the basement is still under the ground, and you can just see like at foot level, but you can see into the floor. Of the I, basement. It could be, but he he saw someone laying down, um, covered in red. I oh, mean, wow. again, he's sick. Yeah. So mom's like, uh, "Well, let me check." So she goes over. And she sees the exact same thing. So she goes back to the car and calls the police. And so then authorities arrive. And then once they look and realize what has going on, they call for backup because they don't know what's in the rest of the house. Right. And so they actually used a battering ram to open the door. Um, so they had several officers because, you know, again, they had no clue what was going on. So on the lower level of the house, they found both Mark and Deborah. So that's mom and dad. They've been stabbed several times. And then the family dog was laying next to Deborah alive. At first, when I was listening, I'm like, please don't tell me they, they got the dog, too. <laughs> or but, the children. Well, oh. the, do the dog was laying down next to mom, uh, whining and whimpering, but was okay. And then it, that was a gruesome scene in itself. They said blood was everywhere, smears, handprints, leading up to the, the second level. Okay. And then once they got to the second level... Um, was again another horrific crime scene. Jacob, the eight-year-old, was found in his bed, full of blood. Um, he had also been stabbed, as well as his throat slit. Um, they found two knives at the scene. One was cleaned, one was not. Um, one was bent, um, indicating that a lot of force was used to carry out the, the act. But then police soon realized that they're one family member short. One person was missing from the house, and that was 12-year-old Jasmine. And so police did not know what in the world is going on. They didn't know 
she was kidnapped. They didn't know she was taken. Did she just run away when stuff was happening? So they issued an Amber Alert out to find her <clears throat> because they really needed to find what was going on. She could be in danger. So, thoughts? I'm trying to. I just breaks my heart that yes. that happened, and this was in 2006. Yeah, yeah sad. But um, so no idea. And hopefully, she wasn't a part of it. So once they were processing all the evidence and going through things in the house, particularly Jasmine's online accounts and room. So there was it turned apparent that she's still, yes. <laughs> I didn't they, think it was that right. Well, they, it was a different form. It wasn't exactly like live streams like it, it is now. Dial up. Yeah. But, um, so they needed to find her as fast as possible because they didn't think she was a victim. They thought she was more than likely responsible. Oh man. That's um, sad. So, Jasmine had kind of, from the last few months from when this happened, kind of shifted a little bit. She was, went from, like, her happy school kid, you know, to hanging out with the wrong kind of people. She changed her style into what would be considered, like, goth-like. She was wearing all black. She was dyeing her hair. She was wearing dark makeup, um, going to punk rock shows, like, anything she could to rebel against what mom and dad wanted. Gotcha. Which is no good path. No. Um, <laughs> and I mean, a lot of teens do that. Yes. But it's, you, you got to watch for different signs of different kind of things happening. So she actually attended a punk rock show, which at 12 years old, 12, 12 years old, I can't see, like, my niece is that age, and I can't see her at, like, a concert by herself without parental supervision. No, I didn't do I it. mean. And that was years ago. I go. We were just talking about it. I go to. I've been going to concerts. That was when I was like eighteen and above and old enough to drive myself. And I, she must have said she was spending the night with a friend. That was all. And then I don't. And then behavior. I don't know. Hung out with somebody older because at twelve I couldn't have. There's no way I could have gotten to a concert unless it was with somebody older. And then I didn't have that access. So I don't know. I mean, definitely red flag warning signs from yeah. some. So she she happened to be at a punk rock concert, and she ran into I'm gonna say a man because he was a man, Jeremy Steinke. That's how I I heard it pronounced. Anyway, he was 23. Yeah, he was a man. So he's 11 years older than her. Remember, she's 12. So they started a relationship. Okay. Um, this was previous to the murder. Right. Okay. This was a few months back. So, Jeremy was in no way a good influence on Jasmine. And so, she started, like, becoming members of forum websites like VampireFreaks.com and Runaway Devil and talking about piercings and, you know, the rock music and rebelling against her parents. And, and she's only 12. She's so 12. Her, her brain has not developed. The frontal lobe of your brain is not <laughs> developed. in your early 20s, it's still not right. complete. So. But she, um, so her parents did find out about this relationship and they forbid her to see him again, which is the right thing to do. They took away her computer, but then like she still had access at school and like, so they still were communicating. And then it seems she made a change. Like maybe she wore red one day or like, I don't, I don't know. It convinced her parents enough that she could have all of her stuff back. And then like it started again. Um, but some, some odd things about Jeremy. So Jeremy, he was 23. He um, didn't have a good home life. His mom was an alcoholic. His dad beat him and then like when they divorced she he had two stepdads that also beat him like his mom fell in that rut of the same type of person mm -hmm. and it was over and over again so when he was when he was younger at around 13 
he and his mind created this alter persona of himself to deal with everything that was going on. Oh, okay. But this alternate persona happened to be a 300-year-old werewolf. Oh, okay. Talk which about makes I- them very interesting to I- Jasmine, apparently. Yeah. Um, and he always wore a vial of blood on, around in a chain around his neck. And then I was like, this story is just getting yeah. more twisted and more twisted. Yes. I was like, uh-huh. medicine had that we went into werewolves. But, um, so, obviously, Deb and Mark are not happy about where any of this is going. Um, so, but so then they do know about the continuing relationship. I think so. okay. And I think things just, there's probably a lot. We don't know a lot that happened. And she was always open about, um, on her online forums and posting about how she hated her parents and this, that, and the other. And then she writes things like to Jeremy, like, I have a plan and involves me killing them and living with you. And then he comes back with like, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff. Oh, wow. And so, um, there's no secret that she wanted to kill her parents and she brought it up openly, even with friends. But, um, and Jeremy did as well, but everyone just thought they were just running their mouths and being like, but, rebellious teenagers but, who, but no normal no, rebellious teenager to me even anyway. a re- rebel yeah even a rebellious teenager <laughs> usually doesn't do not typical rebellion. to that extreme yeah so friday the 21st of april of course now with the internet and having kids exposure to that they think it's normal to yeah. do stuff like yeah. that yeah crazy um friday the 21st of april jeremy was at a party and he told a bunch of people that Hey, I'm getting ready to kill three people and move to Europe. Like, and no one believed what, like, what was happening. Um, so that same day that the bodies were found, Jasmine was actually happily hanging out with Jeremy and some of their other friends. Um, Jeremy had a black eye, but again, they said that was par for the course because he was also well known to law enforcement, like of being a trouble seeking kind of guy. Yeah. And just a not all around person you want to be around. And so at 8 a.m. the following day after the murders, um, the pair were arrested 100 miles away with some friends, and the friends thought that they were going on a camping trip. So the friends were, like, driving them around, and they just thought, hey, we're going camping. They had no idea what had happened. Um, later, they do get arrested for, like, um, aiding and abetting and, like, yeah. um, accompaniment and some other stuff. But they didn't realize that then what was happening at the time. How are they friends? Yeah. I, I, was just, I can't comprehend I that. Yeah. So, because when I read it, I thought it was going to be something totally different. Didn't realize it was going to be the child that was the person. How how do you hurt your brother? I mean, there's got to be something involved with. She always insisted that she didn't do anything. It was all Jeremy and that she went because at the time he was taking care of the parents downstairs. She was upstairs with her brother trying to calm him down and keep him quiet. And then she had, she said she had a knife and then Jeremy came up and demanded that she finished him off. And so she did out of fear of him, but then it came out that he left her and she had to leave the house, walk to a gas station, get money out, find a ride to where he was at. So if they were really together, why would he just leave her there? Yeah. But then during her trial and testimony and stuff, it came out that she was she was the one who actually killed her brother. Oh, and the reason word. she did it was because she didn't want him to be an orphan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve, twelve years old just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, even with um, thinking how you don't even I don't think know how that your way, thought like, goes. Yeah. To, I don't want him to be an orphan. 
Really? Why wouldn't you think, I don't want them to go If through. you don't want to be an orphan, take them with you. Yeah. I or mean, don't, like, don't kill your parents. Uh, well, that too. But I'm just saying, like, at, at that point, you'd be like, if I don't really want to do this, come with us. Like, we'll kidnap you. How old, I wonder how old she was when the trial came, because maybe she came up with that later, or, you know. I, I don't know. But, so, the trial was fairly, I think she was thir 13 or 14 when she got sentenced. So, it happened rather quickly. Okay. Um, both of them were charged with three counts of murder. But because of her age, she was only 12, and in the press, they couldn't release her name, so she was just known as JR, but they had to be tried separately for the, the age difference. So he got um, a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. So after 25 years, he could, he could still have a chance of being paroled. The maximum sentence that she got was, um, I'll tell you that in just a second. All right, so we were talking about what happened to Jasmine. We had to stop for a second. We have some crime stuff going on in our, yes. our area. So there's kind of crazy. Yeah, an active shooter out now, and they're trying to hunt him down. So there's a manhunt as we speak. Yes. So we had lost our spot once we had stopped. But we were at the tail end. So Jasmine, so Jeremy got 25, no, life, but could be paroled in 25 years. The maximum sentence she could get because of her age was 10 years. And six of those, no more than six, had to be locked up. So she spent six years in jail, and then um, she was under probation okay. for the rest. She lived in a group home while she was studying school. And um, she actually, in 2016, is completely released from the, the criminal justice system. Okay. So she's um, under a new name. They got her a new name because of the whole media speculation. Of course, she does not live in Medicine Hat because that would be a bad place for her. Yes. Um, it's a bad reputation for the town now. Um, that that's where that happened. But she's actually um, is doing well at work. She is completely rehabilitated, so they say. Um, she passed all her programs, you know, got her new name, and she's said to be doing well living on her own. Okay. How did we find out her name anyway? Um, I guess after... Because I, I thought know, it was always hidden, but... Yeah. Well, maybe in Canada things are different. I know they called her JR in the paper, but maybe after she turned 18, it got yeah. like, somehow or unsealed or... I, I don't know. But why didn't he use an adult? <clears throat> Why isn't he gone for three? I mean, why you're in for life? I mean, I don't yeah. get it. Again, Canada's rules, I guess. Yeah. Well, well, even some of our stuff, some stories we've done was lately like, they've been out or yes. they've been out multiple times yes. and they've still done crazy stuff. Yes. And then somebody who you know does a minor charge or something small will end up getting thirty some years, yeah. and you're like, what? What has happened? True. So it's, it's never consistent. It all depends on the, the judge and the whole system. And some things are not. How much you can pay for a representation. Yeah. Good life. <laughs> and not, not, sad. Sad, sad, sad. Life should be important no matter what. It should be consistent. Mm -hmm. Crime should match. But anyway, the time should match the crime. So thanks for joining us. And yeah. So next time we'll be back with another story. Glad you listened this week or thank you yes um we do our facebook group and you can reach us at oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com and always just remember if you do the crime it's gonna catch up with you in time and we'll talk about it